Tonight at PPG Paints Arena, we see if the Capitals have grown a set. We see if they've developed a little guts and a little gumption in the wake of the Penguins eliminating them in 09, 16, and 17. Delete! 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 Make no mistake, if they win this series, the Capitals will be worthy winners. But you gotta win four. And to this point, against the Penguins, the Ovechkin Capitals have never won four. To this point, in the second round, the Ovechkin Capitals have never won four. Maybe it's different this year for the Capitals, but maybe it's not. And perhaps the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions still have a trick or two up their sleeve. This is the Mark Madden Show, live from Buford's on Fifth Avenue. The number to call is 412-333-WXDX, or you can do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter, at Mark Madden X. The game on Friday had some significant turning points, like the Simone penalty in the offensive end that led to a power play goal by Washington, like Latang's poor positioning inexplicably giving Kuznetsov a breakaway at the start of the third period. Dumoulin got stoned by Holtby, then Verona came right back down the other end and scored the goal that broke the tie. The puck wobbled on Mata, when he had a chance to not the game. But the real key was Holtby outplayed Murray. Holtby bailed Washington out when Pittsburgh dominated the first period. Holtby made the big saves. Matt Murray didn't lose the game, but Murray didn't win the game. Murray didn't make big saves. Latang did, I don't know what he did, when Kuznetsov got the breakaway to tie 3-3, he was tracking Ovechkin or whatever. But Murray's allowed to make that save. No one blames Murray for the goal, but he's allowed to make the big save. Uh, there's no need for a big shakeup with the lineup. Just play better. That's all. Play better defense especially. Play better, win tonight, and then beat Tom Wilson in Game 7. Win tonight, and maybe the Capitals turn into the Capitals of 09, 16, and 17. Uh, Washington still has not enough composure. That's what sucks about Friday, that game. It was winnable at D.C. You got Trotz in the postgame interviews. Trotz, the Capitals coach, is lobbying for Gensel to get suspended for that so-called high hit on Carlson. Right, because Getzel is an habitual offender. Wilson didn't get suspended for that one hit alone. Uh, some Capitals news in the morning skate. Nicholas Backstrom did not participate. He is a game-time decision, but Alex Ovechkin said he expects Backstrom to play, but who knows? The one tangible thing is Backstrom did not participate in the morning skate. Uh, Washington is in a very good position, but this is the moment of truth. 
Let's see how the Capitals do at the moment of truth. Getting back to the notion of lineup changes, because you're all coaches on Twitter and general managers too. You don't shuffle the lineup because of revenge, because you're pissed at somebody for playing bad. Like Latang made a big mistake on Friday and it wound up on Pittsburgh's net. But you obviously can't scratch Latang. Don't be absurd. Who would play instead? Hunwick? Padan? I don't think so. And if you cut down Latang's minutes, who assumes those minutes? And would that player prosper with the extra ice? Or might he do worse? Given that that answer is at best inconclusive, I do what has always been done with Latang. I give Latang its usual workload, its usual minutes, and hope he turns it around. The only move I would consider is Sprong in place of Simone because I see no hope for Simone. But mostly, all y'all don't know what you're seeing. Uh, I'm going to part with a nasty little secret to all the critics of Derek Broussard. Broussard played excellent on Friday, maybe his best game of the playoffs, but he had inferior line mates, and the puck just wouldn't fall. Anyway, game six is tonight, and I can't wait. Keep in mind, for the Penguins, the easiest thing would be to lose. I'll talk about that just a bit later, but I believe the Penguins are very likely to win tonight, and then it would be a coin flip for game seven. Uh, Vegas certainly thinks there's going to be a game seven. Here's a bit of a uh, oddity in terms of the betting line, or maybe it's not. The Penguins are heavily favored tonight in Vegas. Uh, they were at minus 190, which means you have to bet 190 to win 100 on the Penguins. The Penguins were at minus 190 even before Backstrom didn't take the skate this morning, and now the Penguins are at minus 200. Let's hope Vegas is right, although, uh, remember, the idea is to balance the bets, not to predict a winner. 412-333-9939 is the number to call, or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Mike Lang, the Hall of Famer, is going to join me in about 10 minutes, so keep it right here for the best hockey talk in town, only on 105.9 X. Uh, the comments by Ben last week still have a lot of traction. Mostly, I believe Ben was kidding. Uh, kidding about how he hopes he's still the starter. And did the Steelers blow the draft pick with Dobbs? That's tongue-in-cheek. Or kidding on the square. Kidding, but meaning what you said nonetheless. Ben is very dry. But Ben wasn't kidding about using the third-round pick to get somebody to help now. Ben was right about that, but the Steelers don't draft for now, and they don't draft for somebody's window. And whether or not Ben thinks they should obviously doesn't matter at all to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Got Mike Lang at about 316. That's what it says right here anyway. We got six-time Stanley Cup winner, six times as a player, one time it is this to coach. Brian Trottier will join me in the 4 o'clock hour. Uh, Sidney Crosby had a very prescient quote today, and it 
directly contradicts what I said in my show's open, but uh, let's hear it anyway. Somebody asked Sid basically if the Capitals have more resolve this year, more fortitude this year. And Sid said that's never been a problem for the Capitals. These series have all been close dating back to 2009, and the Penguins have won a few more close games. What Sid said right there, that's right on the money. The Penguins weren't dominant against Washington in 09, 16, and 17 and shouldn't have dominated and shouldn't be expected to dominate now. It's been a bunch of close games between two very evenly matched teams. And no matter how this series plays out, the loser will have nothing to be ashamed of, just like the Capitals had nothing to be ashamed of in 09, 16, and 17, although never getting out of the second round in the Ovechkin era, uh, that's added up to something. I don't know what it speaks to as regards the Capitals, but it's amazing that can be accurately said. To never get out of the second round with the greatest goal scorer of his generation on your team, that really is amazing. We got Mike Klang up next. It's the best hockey talk in time live from Buford's on 5th Avenue, 105.9. This is Carl Hagelin of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9 DX. It's the Penguins and Capitals tonight, Game 6 at PPG Paints Arena. And calling the action right here on the X will be the voice of Pittsburgh hockey. We welcome now the Hall of Famer, Mike Lang. Uh, well, Mikey, the Penguins have faced elimination four times in the past two playoff seasons. How will the Penguins face it tonight? How are they going to face it tonight? Uh, well, they're going to probably do the same thing that they've been trying to accomplish, uh, you know, uh, battling a series, and that's to put their best performance they have of the year right out there. I, uh, I've seen it too many times to not uh, expect the Penguins to be able to at least compete uh, Hardaway in this uh, game tonight against the uh, Capitals and try and force a seventh game. But I also, you know, I'm on the realization here that the, the Caps are in a position here where they've tried and tried and tried to overcome the Penguins, and uh, they realize really that a seventh game isn't going to do them any good. Uh, at least the the, the the pressure will be on them more so than than uh, the Penguins, and so they're going to come with their, their everything they have tonight. I really believe that. I think they've got pretty good leadership now. Uh, Brooks Orpik has been through this uh, war before, and I think it's going to be a, a, a hell of a hockey game tonight between these two clubs. What's been the difference between the two teams so far? Assuming there's really been a difference, because it really is a razor's edge, isn't it? Really it is, Mark. Uh, you know, I mean, both goaltenders have had their moments on the plus side. Uh, both teams have had uh, uh, pretty strong play, I think, from the power play situation. The numbers are almost exactly the same. I think where the, the Caps have had the advantage here, and uh, that's starting to dwindle just a bit here with the, the unknown fact whether Nicholas Backstrom's going to play. But their center ice play overall has been pretty good. Uh, I think Lars Eller has been a big surprise for me in the way he has uh, handled the, the duties for the Capitals. And I think uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov has been pretty strong. Uh, the Penguins have had some fallen soldiers here, Malkin uh, you know, missing the games that he did. And he hasn't found his range yet, but that's a that's a plus for the Penguins if he can before the series is all uh, finished up. And Sid and the kids have you know have just uh, roamed and and done what they can do so well. But uh, when you look at the top line, Ovechkin of uh, the Capitals has been a, a, a powerful force in this series. So it's all been fairly even as far as the games are concerned. I think and uh, could have gone either way in a lot of instances. It's just down to to who maybe gets the breaks and who. 
who's going to force the issue and the will on the other team. You mentioned the center position, and I quite agree. I think the Capitals have done a great job uh, trying to match the Penguins at that spot. But if Backstrom doesn't play tonight, and we don't know, but if he doesn't play, how much will that shake the Capitals' confidence, especially since they're already missing Tom Wilson? Well, I don't know if it's going to shake their confidence, but it's certainly going to put them in a, in a I don't want to say vulnerable, but a different position. And, uh, you know, the Penguins have faced this before, Mark. Uh, they've gone through it, and they've been able to survive it and, and work with it. So they've got competent people over there. Will they be of the, the value of, of Nicholas Backstrom? In all likelihood not, and that takes away some of the power that they have on their power play because he definitely is the guy that runs it uh, and helps uh, make make that go. So, you know, I mean, it's imperative that the Penguins, if Backstrom doesn't go, uh, you know, to, to, to try and exploit that possibility and, and be real strong and stay out of the box for sure, even with uh, without Backstrom. I mean, this power play is, you know, they're feeling it. That's, that's all I'm going to say. They're feeling it right now. They're using this, these power play situations to get themselves in positions to either tie or win hockey games or force the issue against teams. So you can't take too many uh, English penalties. But, you know, you can say that all you want. But the nature of the game is you may trip somebody. You may get a, a puck out of play and, and and somebody's got the the man advantage. It works both ways. Uh, so we might boil down to it. And quite frankly, if you look around the league right now, uh, power plays have been such a dominant part, really, of a lot of the success that teams have had here in this playoff year. And it was in the regular season too. So these special teams are very, very important here. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it can decide games, and that's the important part. Plus, the league has the the power to help that with the with the power in Toronto, too, of the reviewing goals. But that's another story. But quite quite honestly, you, you, I think special teams could be very important. Uh, Braden Holtby deserves a lot of credit, I think, because he did not have a great regular season and, of course, did not come into the playoffs as Washington's starting goalie. But he really has come around, hasn't he? No, and that's, uh, the Penguins have been able to kind of dent his armor uh, the last couple of years and, and, and walk away from it. Uh, with victories in the, in the series, and he's been uh, pretty strong. And he was a, you know, a difference maker in the third period. I thought uh, the other night in Washington. But the series isn't over, Mark. You know, I mean, it still has two games to go, and including a game here. So I mean, uh, the, it's just so tough to decide how it's uh, how it's going to play out. Uh, but certainly, he's been probably better than he has been maybe in the last two years. But it it isn't over yet. <laughs> We're talking to Mike Klang, the Hall of Famer. He is brought to you by Coors Light. Uh, Mikey, what do you think of the Penguins uh, and the way they play defense? I think they mostly played very well, but when they break down, it's a pretty bad breakdown. Yeah, i got to give the Capitals some credit. I, I'm i not quite sure, and, and uh, I'm far from an X's and O guy in knowing the game on that level. But if you kind of look at what's happened here, it's kind of been an, uh, an ongoing thing for the Penguins, and I have the feeling that they've, They've kind of discovered some some key part of the Penguins, either the changes that the Penguins make or how they do it, uh, to be able to just get that quick outlet pass or stretch pass uh, that kind of springs people open. And I don't know if that's just from watching video or, or other things that uh, it very well could be, but uh, they're getting chances in, in that regard. And so I, I, the Penguins have to find an answer for that. I mean, they just got to be attentive and they've got to make their changes quickly and. And with authority, I mean, sharp and and be able to kind of realize what might happen, and that's uh, something that that that's part of the game. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, Alain Vigneault is is a guy that really uses that type of stretch pass uh, 
too open space uh, to people to catch up to against the Penguins, if you recall. And he's a, he's a hell of a coach, uh, Vigneault, and in, in, in forming the game plans. But it just seems a little more uh, prevalent right now, I would think, and everybody would agree. We're seeing more of that against the Penguins than we've seen in the past. I'm not sure what to say about Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel, Mike, and how they've played together. Uh, Gensel, for a kid, boy, he is such a primetime player, isn't he? He comes to play. I mean, that's the that's the nature of uh, his game, and uh, in all aspects, uh, not only from the goal scoring and helping to set up plays, and uh, Sid's having the time of his life. So is Jake, and and uh, the physicality part of it too. Uh, you know, Jake Gensel, unbeknownst to a lot of people, was a pretty physical guy. I mean, he lays a lot of checks on the Penguins. I think he was second or third on the team in hits uh, this year. Uh, people don't don't put him in that ballpark, but he can he can play the body, and he makes his way and gets his space because of it. So he's been a very very uh, strong player for the Penguins once again in this playoff year, uh, and he's got a knack for for scoring big goals. Uh, so uh, I hope it continues for him because he's uh, he's earned that, uh, that that reputation, if you will, just by the way he's played the game. Some guys have struggled for Pittsburgh, like uh, Kessel and Broussard. Uh, on the score sheet anyway, I should say, because I don't think either has necessarily played terrible, but how can guys like that get it going and get on the score sheet? Well, if, if there's one hope in the whole situation is that they haven't uh, produced as they have in the past, and we still have possibility a possibility of two games left here in this series. So you got to remember always, if you can, uh, for the fans and everybody, it's it's so easy to get emotionally charged on one game and then another game and you're a, you're you're a hero one day and you don't have anything and you're going to lose you're going to win it's the whole thing is built on a seven game series you have to remember that and if you do you've got to look at what the personnel that both teams put on the table and who's going to have the best chance to win that seven game series with what they have that to me with the penguins personnel that they have they still have that edge can they do it? Hey, there's a lot of factors involved. They may not be able to accomplish it, but certainly they still have the firepower and the wherewithal and the and the pedigree and the championship pedigree that they have to know what you need to do to to win. And uh, you know, they've had to go to the very end. Uh, you know, in the last two years, which is a demanding, incredibly. Uh, a difficult thing to do to to win championships, but uh, you know the, the question remains: Do they have enough to, to get it done again and, and come back? And uh, you know, I, uh, a good part of me says yes, they do, and the other part says uh, you know it, it, it's just so tough to do year in and year out. So uh, I don't know how it's going to play out, but it certainly has been good hockey. Mikey, how do you feel about some of the high hits we've seen, and certainly not just in this series, but throughout the playoffs this year? And what can the league do to regulate them better? I don't, you know, quite honestly, I think the situation has gotten to the point now. Uh, we, we we always look to the league. We always look to the league to have the answer. I, you know, I say to the players, it's time for the players themselves to come out and say something and, and, and legislate some form of, uh, of punishment or or the way the game should be played amongst themselves. They're the ones playing the game every day, uh, every night, Mark. They're the ones that are the uh, the, the players that are, are susceptible to, to being, you know, out of the lineup or having their careers ended. They're the ones that have to talk and stand up and, and, and make changes. And uh, that's the only way it's going to be done. I really believe that. So maybe, 
in the off season, the players take it within themselves to either kind of you know really force the issue here on this situation, or they just sit back and have it happen. And it's uh, uh, if I'm a player and I'm not happy with the way things are as far as my livelihood and what I do, then I think I it's it'd be wise to speak up. I watched hockey a long time, Mike, and so have you. But this licking an opponent's face is a trend I'd rather see cut short. How about you? <laughs> I don't even have a comment for it. <laughs> I just really don't have a comment. Uh, I guess what he, was he in the band Kiss? Is that what he was? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think Gene Simmons has, has a better uh, tongue. But uh, Marshawn, I mean, not once but twice. And uh, like I said, that's something I'd, I'd rather not see uh, ever again. Uh, Mikey, regardless of the result, tonight and in this series, is there anything better than this time of year? The hockey and just the feeling every game has, it's incredibly intense. Yeah, and you know what makes it even better is the fact that it's finally 70 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. And you can wear your, you can wear your surf shirts and feel comfortable. That's, that's, an, that's an accomplishment in itself. And uh, You know, Marche, just getting back there for a minute, if he can tie his, his tongue in a knot, then I'm going to say it's, he's going to be all right. But I haven't seen him do that yet. <laughs> Mikey, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time, and we'll see you tonight at the rink. All right. Enjoy the game. Thanks, Mark. That is the great Mike Lang, the Hall of Famer. And he's brought to you by Coors Light. And every Thursday, stop by Pepperoncini's in Oakdale and enjoy Coors Light 16-ounce drafts for just two fifty. That's a good deal. I am live at Buford's on Fifth Avenue. Always great to hear from Mike Lang. A little bit later, I'm going to tell you why it would be easy for the Penguins to lose and why that's a feeling they have to battle. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they'll have any trouble doing it. But, uh, boy, wouldn't it be nice to sleep in tomorrow with no practice? 105.90X. This is Chris Letang of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on 105.9DX. One of the weirdest things in hockey ever is Brad Marchand of the Bruins licking Ryan Callahan's face. They were in a bit of a scrum during the Boston-Tampa series, and Marchand licked his face. And he's done that once before, I believe. That should be an automatic ejection and a suspension just because of the health risk and because it's so friggin' weird. You heard Mike Lang talking about it. But it is amusing that most hockey people got more upset about Marshawn licking than they do about Tom Wilson concussing. Uh, and what a laugh it was when uh, Barry Trotz, the Caps coach, when he said Gensel should get suspended for that hit on Carlson on Saturday. Uh, Wilson's suspension, as I said earlier, was cumulative, not just for that one hit, He's a repeat offender. Gensel plays hard. He hits, but uh, that's the first time any hit of his has been even remotely suspect. And I didn't think it was suspect. I'm just attaching that because Trot said it, and it became an issue. But Gensel's having a great playoff. All those goals and delivers a big hit, sends a bit of a message in that game Saturday. Uh, this is going to be some game tonight, for sure. Washington has got to smell the blood. But the Penguins will not go down easy if they go down at all. I'd like to see Derek Broussard get a goal. 
He's a very good hockey player. Played a great game Saturday in D.C. Hasn't piled up the points in Pittsburgh. It's kind of like when James Neal came to the Penguins. Neal didn't score in forever. He had a tough adjustment. So I'd like to see Broussard have a game tonight and get a point or two. I'd like to see Chris Letang prove the doubters wrong. Uh, Brian Dumoulin's been great all through the playoffs. He had that big chance on Saturday, and then the Capitals came right back down and scored. Uh, give the Caps credit. They turned defense and offense quickly. And you can't be hard on Dumo because he had a good chance, but he's a defenseman and not one with a ton of touch offensively either. Uh, Shane had a big chance too. Ole Mata that big chance at the end. The Penguins could easily have won game five. All five of the games in this series have been totally up for grabs. And that will be the case tonight, no doubt. Uh, since the start of the 2015-16 season, the Penguins have played 306 competitive games. 306. That is a whole lot of games. The Penguins are fatigued. How could they not be? Physically and mentally, especially. So being down by three games to two, after 93 games played this year, the easiest thing to do would be to lose. To start vacation early for a change. And don't kid yourself, that is in the back of every Penguin subconscious. Well, maybe not Crosby's because he's wired totally different. But if you get down a couple tonight, maybe you're thinking about sleeping in. Maybe you're thinking about no practice. Maybe you're thinking about not having to play hurt if you are playing hurt right now. In Game 7, that goes away because you smell the blood. But tonight, well, that temptation could exist. I watched that Vegas-San Jose game last night. When Vegas got up 2-0, San Jose tried. But they just seemed to sag mentally because the end of the season was very much in sight. Yes, the Penguins are champions, but it's also been a long three seasons. If the Penguins lose, you'd feel bad for the new guys, like Broussard and Alexiak, Shane, Hunwick, etc., because this team won before they got here, and these guys know that. Let's go to Mark in North Hills. Mark, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hi, Mark. Prediction for tonight. Penguins 3, Capitals 1. And Penguins get an empty net goal. It's going to be a tight game, and I think the Penguins are going to need the trap because of the uh, tiredness. That they Mark, they're playing. just not going to trap. Oh, I bet you that they are. The uh, okay, have you talked was, to Coach Sullivan today, Mark? No, I haven't. But because if they I trap, that would be like a first in I don't know how long. They're going to get a one-goal lead, and they're going to hold back, and that's called a trap. Uh, oh, Really? Oh, I'm glad you're here to explain the X's and O's to me, Mark. I, I didn't know what the technical terminology was. Uh, they, 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 they do not trap as a tactic. They might do it for a few minutes here and there, and they did do it some at the end of Game 4 in Pittsburgh. But uh, you act like they're going to come out and do what the Penguins did in 92 when they just trapped and trapped and trapped to come back from a three-games-to-one deficit against Washington. Sullivan won't do that, but thank you for the call. Let's go to Keith in North Hills. Keith, you're on with Double M. 
Hi, Mark. I'm on my way home from work. Uh, I want to make a comment, then ask a question. Uh, I'll make the comment that uh, I want to thank you for signing Hootie's uh, poster. And oh, yeah, your 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 son. Yeah, I was glad to do it. What else is on your mind, Keith? Um, I'm wondering if you think Sullivan might do a line change up a little bit on the first line with maybe Dominic Simone. We haven't heard much from him. Maybe put somebody with a little more zip in with Crosby, and I'll shut up and listen to your comments. Well, now, who do you think, Keith, would be somebody with a little more zip? Uh, there's only well, so many options. Well, sir, I, I don't know that much about hockey. Who do you give me the question? So, uh, well, well, thank uh, you for the call, Keith. Uh, I would put Brian Rust on Crosby's wing and drop Simone down the lineup. I would say Sprong, but I think that ship has sailed. I just don't think it's going to happen, barring injury that necessitates. Let's go to Raymond and Erie. Raymond, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, I agree with you. I'd move up. I'd move Rust up to Crosby's line. But what is the coaching staff seeing Simone? I don't know. I don't have any idea. Uh, I think he's an AHL player, and, and Sid must see something in him too, because. You know, Simon's played a lot of games with Sid this year. But I don't know. I don't get it. The kid has, like, playoffs and regular season included. He has four goals in 40 games, and he spent a lot of those playing on Crosby's line. You'd think, you know, 10 pucks would hit him in the ankle and go in playing that much with Crosby. Yeah, I mean, he took that dumb penalty, too. Yeah, well, to me, that's the inexcusable part. Thank you for the call, Raymond. Uh uh, you can not score, you cannot help, but don't hurt. And Dominic Simone, that offensive zone penalty, uh, really did hurt the Penguins on Saturday night. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. We got Brian Trottier joining me next hour. Uh, Vegas won last night. Mark Andre Fleury got the shutout, twenty eight saves. Just brilliant for the flower. What a story. I'm so happy for that guy. Fourth shutout in the playoffs. And while the right thing to do was keep Matt Murray, the way Marc-Andre Furry is playing for Vegas doesn't necessarily make Matt Murray look good. Uh, Ryan Reeves even got a game for Vegas. First time in these playoffs. Tampa eliminated Boston uh, four games to one. A bit quicker than I thought. J.T. Miller got a big goal for Tampa. He's a Pittsburgh kid. Uh, the coach with the New York Rangers since fired, Elaine Vigneault. Vigneault never rated J.T. Miller. Had him way down the lineup, and then he got traded to Tampa, a better team, a playoff team, a Stanley Cup contender, and J.T. Miller is on Tampa's power play. He's higher up the depth chart with Tampa than he was with the New York Rangers. How's that happen? Um... Miller got David Bacchus of Boston with a big hit. It was a headshot, if I'm being honest. Let's go real quick to Brendan in Cannonsburg. Brendan, you're on the Mark Madden Show. So, so Mike, what do you think about Latang? I think he needs to play a little bit better. What do you think, Brendan? I think that he needs to step up his game. He's been losing the puck a lot. He's been costing the Pens a lot of goals. Well, I don't know about a lot of goals. He certainly made one uh, very costly mistake with positioning on Saturday. Well, yeah, a, I mean, like, but he's, the Penguins need to get somebody else. I mean, like, 
Oh, oh really, Brendan? Ball, Brendan, who should who should they get and how should they get him? Eh, anybody. I mean, like. Oh, just anybody. Brendan, you're living proof that a little kid can be stupid, but thank you for the call. Just get anybody. Play anybody. Doesn't matter who. Just put him in there. Get that three-time Stanley Cup winner out of there. But I don't blame Brendan because behind every stupid kid stands a couple of stupid parents. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Oh, wait, i got to get this one in. This one should be even better. Let's go to John in the car. John, you're on with Double M. Yeah, I just had a comment on uh, Murray. I just think that... Although he has a bunch of pressure on him, I think there's more pressure on him this year. Not people aren't talking about too much because he can't look at the bench and see Flurry. Now, Flurry. Yeah, that's uh, not, that's nothing to do with this at all. And your idea that there's more pressure on him this year, there would have been more pressure on him last year when he could look at the bench and see Flurry because then he could be replaced. No, I don't think that's true. Well, it, it's actually what you just said. No, he, I no, he he could look at the bench and see. I got a capable backup if I, you know, if I get. No, you see, that's not how it really works. Case in point, Ben. Case in point, Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, they drafted a quarterback to ostensibly take his place somewhere down the road, and Ben isn't deriving security from that. He doesn't like it. Okay, I'm not saying that Murray hated having Flurry on the team. In fact, uh, in some ways, it did Murray a lot of good. But he wants to be the starter. That was a unique situation last year. With Flurry, yeah, yeah, it, it, it'll never be repeated unless the same circumstances avail. With the number one gets hurt, and it turns out the rookie guy's really good, but uh, but no, the, the pressure on Murray has nothing to do with Flurry being there or not. The pressure on Murray is all about trying to win the Stanley Cup for the third time in a row, and that is uh, very significant pressure. Thank you for the call. Four one two three 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 ninety nine thirty nine is the number to call. This is the Mark Madden Show. We're going to talk about that Ben and Mason Rudolph thing for a bit in just a bit. And also, it's kind of been glossed over, the return of Andrew McCutcheon to Pittsburgh Friday when the San Francisco Giants visit. 105.9 The X. And you are listening to Mark Madden on 105.9 The X. People are still talking about what Ben Roethlisberger said last week. Most of it was tongue-in-cheek. Perhaps if Ben had put his thoughts in a rap lyric, people would be more accepting. The one thing Ben said that seemed serious was that the third-round pick used on Mason Rudolph, the quarterback, could have been used on a player that could help now. You might not get a starter at inside back or in the third round, but you might get somebody better than Dirty Rat. They took an offensive tackle early, too, and they don't need one. Uh, one thing I believe very much is Ben Roethlisberger shouldn't have to mentor Mason Rudolph, the rookie quarterback from Oklahoma State. Should not have to mentor him. No star athlete or any athlete should have to mentor the guy that's going to take his job, and very few do. That's what the coaches are supposed to do. Coach, teach, mentor. Ben is the quarterback, not the quarterback's coach. When I die or retire, 
I very much guarantee that whoever replaces me in afternoon drive here on the X will not have learned one thing from me, will have gotten zero help from me. They'll probably just play music anyway. No Quarter, brought to you by 84 Lumber, your home down building partner since 1956. Andrew McCutcheon is coming back to Pittsburgh Friday. The San Francisco Giants are coming to PNC Park. Kutch is hitting 246. Three home runs. Has an on-base percentage of 379, which is pretty good. Dickerson replaced Kutch in the Pirates lineup as doing better than Kutch. Dickerson is batting 315. His OBP is 356. His war wins above replacement is crazy good. I don't pretend to know what that means, nor want to know what that means. We'll talk more about this later in the week, but I wonder, is that game the return to Kutch? Is that game going to sell out? Will Pittsburgh salute Kutch on his return? I bet it's not a sellout, but I bet the crowd tops 30K. Kutch is a great pirate, but not a true all-time great pirate. Andrew McCutcheon is not a statue player. When you look at the statues erected of players around PNC Park, Andrew McCutcheon is not in that class. In fact, he's probably not a top 10 pirate of all time. Let's go to Joe and Cranberry. Joe, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, I just want to say I think Phil Kessel is a very big part tonight. He makes me very excited, and I dream about him every night. That's interesting. I'm sure he'd be glad to hear that. Uh, I thought Phil played a better game on Saturday, got the assist when he banked the puck in off Crosby. Phil is playing Hurts, but Sullivan's played that down, which means basically he wants Phil to suck it up, and I think on Saturday we saw signs of that. Let's go to Trey in Iowa. Trey, you're all with these super genius. Mr. Madden, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Uh, no quarter segment, nice. Hey, listen, uh, you got to play strong over Simone. It's all hands on deck. you got to play talent and pedigree. And you know what? It's strong and clicking with Crosby. You simply bring rest up because if you get in trouble, you're going to be rolling nine. Well, that, that's the move I would make. Uh, I just don't think they're going to play strong, Trey, and thank you for the call. Uh, I would put rust on the Crosby line with Sid and Gensel. I, I might play strong, but I would rather not suggest it because I know they will not do it. Let's go to Eric in Harrisburg. Eric, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, big fan. Uh, I thought PFT Commenter had a good article earlier. And I was yeah, goodbye. Let's go to Kevin in the car. Kevin, you're on with Double M. Hey, afternoon, Super Chief. Hey, quick uh, comment here. I want your opinion. Um, what do you think about maybe playing a little bit more situational hockey when we got the lead and less pinching down. I know we're that's the way we always play. Kevin, they, they, they don't do it. They don't they don't they don't adjust the scoring situation very much. I wish they would and they did in game four when yeah. they, you know, packed it in defensively uh with the lead at home in the third period. But I don't think they're gonna stop pinching or even limit no. the pinching. Now, well, if we get a uh, couple goal lead, I'd like to see it happen. Thank you. Maybe we will. You know, the Dumo and miss, I felt bad for Dumo because even though he got the great shot, I'm not sure I want him going to the net there. 
because chances are he won't score, and then it leaves you exposed on the back end. And in fact, did. In 30 seconds, I'm going to talk about the guy who has to win the game tonight for Pittsburgh. I would think it's pretty obvious. 105.9.